Hello everyone, welcome to Then Now Whatever, the wrestling podcast with episode 10! Yes, we're back. It's the new Midnight Express of the podcasting world. It's me, your host, bombastic Duncan Joyce. Joined as ever by the most bodacious Triple H Mark in show business, Mr. Kyle Cambray. Hi, welcome to the show. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm doing alright, thanks. It's our birthday today. It is, yeah. We are one years old. Zip by, really. Yeah. I've quite enjoyed doing these podcasts, I've got to say. It's been very nice encountering a whole bunch of other people who love wrestling as well. Whole new wrestling family. Mm. A surprisingly popular question from last time, we should clarify. Kyle, what did you have for tea in the last episode? I had a chicken tikka masala with rice. It was very nice. Mm. And who called you up? What do they call them? Telemarket? Telemarket. Yeah. yeah. The annoying ones that don't make any sense. Oh, was it automated and stuff as well? Yeah. So I put the phone down and came back in. Uh, <laughs> so yes, remember the rumble. Well, you've probably forgotten it already. We're recording this the day after Elimination Chamber. As the WWE world moves so fast nowadays. Yeah. We're already one pay-per-view behind. A billion pay-per-views in a month. <laughs> We're looking back at January 29th, 2017. It's the Royal Rumble, presented by Voodoo and KFC. From the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. With 52,020 fans in attendance. First time we've been in the Alamo Dome in 20 years. Mm. I felt it was a bit weird to try and like recall a period in wrestling when business wasn't so good. Because like the last time they did the Rumble in the Alamo Dome, they had to paper the heck out of the crowd. They had 62,000 people there. It's about 10,000 more than this time. But 12,000 of those tickets were free. Wow. And a good maybe 18 to 20,000 were highly, highly discounted. You know, they, they do that for Mania every year. Oh, it, right. it never gets sold out from the original sales. The last few tickets. I mean, we're still talking like maybe 800 tickets. So it's, it's still gold dust. But... Not all the tickets sell out for WrestleMania, and they they have to push the the last few. Wow, I might have to uh, get on a flight to Orlando then. I know. Well, the only reason that I know that is quite a few years ago, for my cousin's honeymoon, he went to Florida, and he got talking with a few of the fans, should I say, and they were saying like they've got tickets, and they give them some tickets, and that's how they, you know, they went to watch WrestleMania for free. Did you pay for your tickets today? Hell no, God for free, man! <laughs> because WCW does what? <laughs> Suck it! I mean, the view was like St. James's Park away end. So, uh uh-huh, yeah, naturally. You know, but they were still in, in WrestleMania. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of being in big arenas, what did you make to the layout of this show? It's just a, the regular Raw set in a big stadium yeah. with the dim lighting as well. I miss the pay-per-view stages where it's specific to the pay-per-view. And the Royal Rumble ones are one of the best with the the doors opening, with Cena's return where it was the little gap between the crowd. Mm, Um, I I miss that. I don't don't really like this whole generic pay-per-view stage that we get. With the Rumble as well, you usually get, because you need the countdown clock to be particularly visible as well, so they do something with that you'll be used to. I suppose they didn't want it to look all that different. I don't know, maybe they weren't all that confident about how well they could fill it out. Yeah. Did you catch the pre-show, Kyle? 
I didn't catch the pre-show. Oh, so lots and lots of content on the pre-show this time around. Three matches. Wow, okay. The opening contest was a six-woman tag team match that saw Naomi, Nikki Bella and Becky Lynch taking on the SmackDown Women's Champion Alexa Bliss, Mickey James and Natalia. They started this match like half an hour into the pre-show. So the crowd was pretty thin. Yeah. It wasn't like WrestleMania 32 pre-show levels of bad, yeah. but it was still pretty empty, which I thought was a shame. Yeah, three simultaneous women's feuds going on on the brand at once. I quite like that. It's a good push for the, the women. It's good to see Mickey James back. It's nice to see so many rivalries, because sometimes WWE have been guilty of just focusing on the one rivalry, yes. a bit like they do on Raw. So yeah, it's nice that you see all these different stories in one match. This match was actually originally scheduled to be on the main show. I think what they did was they put it on the pre-show so that they'd have a three and a half hour main show rather than a four hour one. Yeah. So it's kind of like what, what, what they did with Survivor Series, that was only three and a half hours. Yeah. They recap Mickey James being revealed as La Luchadora. They also go over Carmella ratting out Natalia as the person who attacked Nikki at the Survivor Series. And Natalia has the line here, my cat has more charisma than you. So the early goings, Natty mocks Nikki Bella by doing the you can't see me things, gets the taste slapped out of her mouth, and then she tags out immediately. Yeah. And she tags Lexi so hard, she's like, ow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Natalia didn't get back in the match until Nikki Bella wasn't legal anymore. Mm, that was pretty smart. All six women at once involved in the big suplex, and then Naomi does a dive before we head to commercial. All three matches on the pre-show live by super super early commercials, like ninety seconds, two minutes in the match. That's the worst thing, that. because surely for the pre-show, especially watching at home, it's supposed to get you into this and want to keep you you watching. And then it's like, well, I'm now watching an advert. Great. It's like watching it on ITV. What I will say about World of Sport, though, they did not put any mid-match ad breaks in. No, that was good. Well-timed. When we come back, Becky's running wild with straight fire, but then she winds up playing Ricky Morton after Mickey sends her into the guardrail. JBL sidetracks things by talking about how Tully Blanchard's now a granddad. Then he quips, All babies look like Arn anyway. JBL's commentating is the worst commentating. I don't think any of it makes sense. I just feel that it's pointless. At least Otunga, the stuff that he says is is relevant, but just not good. Whereas JBL's is just like out of the blue. What are you talking about? <laughs> the cricket was amazing, Meryl! It's like he sat there for about five, ten minutes thinking what to say. At that point, the point's gone, and then he says it. Yeah. <laughs> he also claims it's not easy being sneaky. Well, maybe for you. You're six foot six. <laughs> Natty hits a Michinoku driver and then cheap shots Naomi on the apron rather than Nikki. Mm. Bit odd. But then eventually Naomi gets the hot tag and she does a really good job of it. Runs wild, shows off lots of her athleticism, hitting the speedball kicks and showing great balance, stopping Alexa throwing her over the top rope. We get the Bexploder to Mickey. Nikki Bella slaughters Natty with a spear. And that allows Naomi to hit the split-legged moonsault on Lexi to get the free. So the faces win in 9 minutes 45 seconds 
in a very solid bit of business here, kept the tension brewing between all three feuds and positioned Naomi very well as a new number one contender. I like Naomi. Since she's come back and this new rave glow stick. Feel the glow, yeah. yeah. I quite like it. She was wasted a bit as a, a pterodactyl. <laughs> you're, sorry, you're okay. <laughs> literally, <sorry>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she's finally getting some merch for it as well. I seriously hope that shirt glows in the dark, though. Yes, I've seen that tweet. Missed out on an opportunity if they've not done that. There was also a little interview with Kevin Owens and Y2J. Now, I have seen this interview. Yes. It's hilarious. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> There's lots of talk of. The beautiful cloud of Jericho because he's hung in the sky. Just don't drink it in if it rains, whatever you do. <laughs> Jericho calls himself a sexy nebula, which I thought was very Alan Partridge. Yeah. Oh, such a sexy nebula. <laughs> I'll be the guy in the sky. He then confuses the heck out of me by claiming, I miss Charlie. Yeah, but it was Charlie Caruso in the movie. And then when it comes back to commentary, there was like, just to clarify, that was Charlie. <laughs> Brilliant. That leads us on to our second match. It's a Raw Tag Team Championship match with two referees. Mm. One inside the ring, one outside. It sees the champions, Sheamus and Cesaro, taking on the club, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Sheamus hit one of the refs, so by disqualification... Sheamus and Cesaro kept the titles even though the club pinned Sheamus so the original ref that got knocked oh, out right, okay, disqualified yeah. it because a, a new ref came out and made pinned, the, count, yeah. the club won but then the ref woke up and said well no actually it was disqualification because oh, okay. Sheamus just hit me really the club should have just had the belts mm. from the raw but you know they finish Antonio is rocking an amazing gold stripper seat. The early goings, he hits an absolute beast of a gut wrench and Seamus hits a great shoulder block and then they do a nice little thinly roll double team. I was trying to look at Carl Anderson's tights. It kind of looked like he got hashtag BC still on his tights. They're technically still like that though, aren't they? Well, yeah, they didn't get kicked out like AJ, I suppose. Yeah. Antonio and Sheamus just battering lads just never gets old. Lots of really stiff strikes here. Then a big boot by Doc turns the tide for the club before we get another early commercial break. We come back to Sheamus hitting a hot tag and the fans are really into his chest beats on the ropes. Carl Anderson tries to put his feet on the ropes on the roll-up but the referee outside the ring catches him, which is really neat. And then Cesaro lands on his feet from a neutraliser counter from Carl. Carl backdrops out of it and Antonio spins around and lands on his feet. Cesaro is so good for, for stuff like that. Like He puts 100% into all these... His moves that he does with somebody else is just brilliant. It just shows that he does his homework right, with, with stuff like that. That then leads to him doing his Swiss 1-9... <laughs> booyaka, booyaka. Anderson replies with a spinebuster. Seamus then helps Cesaro count of a magic killer into, into a tornado DDT, which is really neat. The in-ring referee gets hit with a bro kick. Cesaro gets the swing shooter, but Doc Gallows kicks him off. And then Seamus eats the magic killer, and that allows Carl Anderson to cradle Cesaro with the tights to get the free. 
with only one referee around, yep. the club were able to cheat and win. Good action all around in that match, really. Yeah, I liked all four. I thought they had decent chemistry. I have somewhat mixed feelings about Cesaro and Sheamus losing the titles at this stage, like so soon after. Yeah. They were the sole survivors in the Survivor Series tag match. They dethroned New Day's record championship run. But it's still nice for the club to have the belts. So. I quite like Sheamus and Cesaro's entrance. How they, they're together. Oh, yeah. And when it goes dark and it comes back up and Sheamus is, is at the front with his, his arms out. I quite like that. And the club, I can't say anything bad about the club. I think they're, they're ace. They're really good. So, on to our pre-show main event. It's Sasha Banks taking on Nia Jax. Nia essentially injured Sasha's leg in a training attack. Yeah, I've seen, seen the video. It, you can tell that it, it's very staged. I mean, I don't know how, having that story, how else do they were going to do that video. But just because it was at the performance centre, it just, something didn't seem right about mm-hmm. the video. It just felt odd. So Sasha costs Naya the number one contenderships to try and get a bit of revenge. Right away, Sasha tried to control the match using her speed, her wrestling technique, and just plain old slaps. But then she got squashed in the corner trying to do an arm ringer and then absolutely flattened with a standing crossbody before we cut to another commercial. When we come back, Sasha tries to tilt a whirl into the bank statement, but that gets blocked and Naya attacks the injured leg. She hooks in this awesome like Brock Lock stretch muffler. Sasha's just like hanging from Naya's neck by the leg, just Jeez. tossing around like a rag doll. Ouch. Sasha lured Naya shoulder first into the ring post and then hit her double knees from the top rope, gets a near fall, but it only exacerbates her knee injury and that allows Naya to hit the Gorilla Press Simone drop to win the match in 5 minutes 10 seconds. Yeah, very brief, but it has some good ideas here. It was the right result going forward for Naya. Yeah. Needs a bit more establishing to you know, become a player in the women's division. She's been a bit wasted since she's been brought up from NXT. Hopefully, this will start a bit of a run. The last thing they had on the pre-show before things got started, hometown boy Shawn Michaels cut a pretty pointless promo. Was it about his film again? No, no. It's just, the crux of it was essentially threatening the crowd to make noise and enjoy themselves, otherwise they'll have to fillet him. Okay. Is <laughs> this like, oh, yeah, I'll have a good... Good time, and if you're not down with that, I got two words for you. <laughs> okay, fair enough. He started off at the desk on the pre-show, and then at one point, Renee Young's just like, "Oh, oh I've I've lost Shawn Michaels." <laughs> like, I wonder where he's gone. <laughs> like, oh, thank Christ, it's not twenty years ago. You'd have a lot more yeah. worries. Yeah. <laughs> so, onto the main show. We get an opening video package calling the Rumble a place like no other and it keeps talking about how we will always remember yeah I'll always remember Triple H coming back that wasn't in the video 2002 guys 21 (laughs) minutes into recording first Triple H (laughs) always remember unless it's 2004 okay that never happened It's like, oh, only two men have won for the number one position, including Shawn Michaels. Who's the other one? 
Forget yeah, that, yeah. the other one, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> they then hype up every championship match, except for the Cruiserweight Championship, and the Royal Rumble match itself. Focusing primarily on Goldberg upsetting Brock Lesnar at the Survivor Series, and Taker's 29 souls... No, 20... Uh, oh, I've written 29 <laughs> holes to 29 holes, which makes no sense. <laughs> 29 holes for 29 souls. Yes. Did you spot the amount of typos that were in the Rumble graphics? Yes. And there were there was a few wrestlers that weren't actually in the Rumble that were there. There were a few wrestlers not in the company that were there. Yes. Zack Sabre Jr. turned up. Yeah. How odd. What was it now? I think it was Luke Gallows with one L. Yeah. Jack Gallagher's didn't wasn't right. Jack Gallagher. Yeah. No G. Jimmy Uso, 1M. Yeah. And Callist. I love that Callist, <laughs> me. Oh, what a guy. <laughs> so the opening contest of the main show is for the Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte Flair defending her title against Bailey. Yeah, Charlotte Flair's assembled this pretty startling pay-per-view record. Yeah. It's a good record to have, but if you keep losing on Raw, then it doesn't make sense to have a pay-per-view record. Because mm. what are they trying to say? That she's she's only good on pay-per-view. They gave Sasha some title wins on Raw to try and keep her heat and stuff. Yeah. But by having her lose on pay-per-view and then you know losing the feud in general, it just makes it really hard to buy into her as a big match wrestler now. Yeah. What do you think the end game plan is for this? Maybe the the three girls at Mania. Yeah, I've heard there's a multi-woman yeah. match. I don't know. I, I think the idea that's been floated around, they're taking Charlotte away for a while. I don't think they're repackaging her, but they want the highlight to go on somebody else, according to Dave Meltzer, anyway. <laughs> We'll see. Hmm. I think for me it'd be a shame if it ended in a match that wasn't one-on-one. Yeah. Give someone a categoric yeah. usurping that's moment. The, that's the only thing with having more than one person. You could then say, well, it was somebody's fault that somebody won. And you play it off that way and you kind of lose credibility. I quite like this to be a way to bring Ask up. Yes. To have her murder Charlotte or something. Yeah. I mean, the night before... How good was her match? Unbelievable. Oh, yeah, it was, re- it was really a shame that it only lasted like 10 minutes or something. I could have gone another five minutes of that. Yeah. yeah. All, for, all for all women were great in that. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, I'd love to see Asuka come up. Bailey comes out, gets a great pop, and there's an absolute metric ton of hugger section signs. Yeah, I noticed that. What's he called? He nearly did the family guy, the whole wacky waving tube. I don't even know what the sentence is now. Wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-flailing tube man. Yeah, it like but that? they said it in commentary. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to keep repeating it. <laughs> <laughs> Her get-up's kind of like Macho Man themed, I thought. Yeah, I like it. I like the tassels and, and everything. It, it's someone that you can get behind. That's what I, I like about the design of it. So Charlotte controlled really going of this match on the mat and try to throw Bailey out of the ring, try to get over that she doesn't belong in the same ring as her. 
But Bailey fights back with a hurricane round through the ropes to the outside and a crossbody to the outside. Charlotte regains the advantage by knocking Bailey into the apron. Did you know, Kyle, the apron is the hardest part of the ring? Yes, I've been told numerous, numerous, <laughs> numerous, numerous amounts of time. If I take a shot every time that gets yeah. mentioned, I'd have alcohol poisoning. <laughs> Yeah, it's one that they, they drill into you no matter how many times you've heard it. <laughs> oh, really? Really? <laughs> I didn't hear you say that five minutes ago. <laughs> Charlotte continues to dominate with an exploder suplex, a great net breaker counter to a backslide, and she does her head scissor routine thing. We then get a really smooth looking stereo clothesline, a counter to another Charlotte net breaker attempt. Bailey begins to fight back with an arm drag, a nice springboard crossbody, a flatliner. And a top rope elbow for a close, close near fall that the fans were really, really yeah. biting on. Yeah. Charlotte was like bleeding from her mouth or something. Yeah, I noticed that. I, I'm not too sure where that came from. I was trying to look at the slow-mo of the elbow. I thought that might have been the most obvious place. Yeah. I couldn't quite spot it. Because you see the any time there's any kind of blood, the referee gets the blood gloves on. Gets his gloves on. <laughs> <laughs> Always that sound effect for gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Bruce Ango when you need? <laughs> Charlotte hooks the figure four and then uses the ropes to make it into a figure eight, but the referee catches her and puts an end to that. Bailey then gets the knees up from the moonsault for two, but then takes a nasty fall to the outside and eats the natural selection on the apron. And that finishes Bailey off for Charlotte to retain in 13 minutes and 15 seconds. What did you make to that, Kyle? I really didn't like the ending. It just felt out of the blue and weird. I would have much rather it have been a combination of different moves and Charlotte just finishes Bailey off. But it just felt... I don't know. I just... I kind of... When it finished, I just sat there for a minute and went... Right. Oh, I see what you mean. It did kind of feel like it interrupted the flow yeah. a bit for me. But I feel it help protect Bailey in a sense because she took Charlotte's like main pinfall finisher on the on the hardest part of the ring yeah so you know it was natural that that I, put her away yeah to, to put her away but it just felt like that that bit was away from the rest of the match yeah it just felt like right the match is finished we'll do the move and it, the ending just didn't feel right just jarred a bit yeah, yeah. but other than that really good I like Charlotte without Rick. I think she's ace without Rick. Rick ruins Charlotte. I've said this numerous times. Yeah. And Bailey, what's not to like about Bailey? Absolutely. She had her working boots on tonight as yeah. well. Really, really good moving around the ring, playing the babyface role. And, you know, Charlotte's no slouch either. They, they were both excellent in this match. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I thought the finish was quite good for protecting Bailey. She didn't tap out like some people. Yep. I'm looking at you, Sasha. Oh, three, three seconds left. Oh, I think yeah. I'll tap out now. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Yeah, great energy. Really good way to start the show. Yeah. Did you spot as well, when Charlotte won, there was a guy in the Bayern Munich shirt and he was like proper jigging along to Charlotte's music, which is oh. <laughs> hilarious. Germans can dance. So, you know. Alex Wright. Yeah. Wonder Kid. <laughs> hey, fanboys, get the room. <laughs> So believe it or not, that puts us four matches into the show as a whole. It's 
time for half-time question time, I guess. Yeah, okay. Favourite Royal Rumble elimination? Favourite Royal Rumble elimination? Wow. I'm going to go for... Last year, no, no joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Every person stupid H is eliminated. <laughs> no, mine's gonna be Cena and Batista. Mm. Because that shouldn't have happened. And Vince coming out, <laughs> ripping both legs off, yes. <laughs> and trying to show authority, sat on his ass. <laughs> you, you. Shit! <laughs> I can't move! <laughs> That's my favourite elimination just because of what happened next. Wow. It wasn't expected and they kind of got a good run out of it because after that, the Raw versus Smackdown really kicked off. And you know, like they brought the game out with Cena one side, Batista the other. And yeah. So it, it was a good thing for the business that it ended jarred and you know it didn't end right but yeah just Vince coming down his little walk and then uh, what like ah ah brilliant so that's that's my elimination what about yours mine's a little bit more of a innocuous one 2010 Batista eliminated Shawn Michaels and this was when he was absolutely rabid and desperate to get a rematch with The Undertaker so he wanted to win the Rumble to get a world title match with The Undertaker just the desperation on it is just great because like he almost sort of hangs on but Batista like swats away his hand when it's on the top rope and it's so agonising it's brilliant yeah it's good storytelling isn't it yeah so we get an ad for the final five episodes of Holy Foley which debuted after the rumble it's ace go watch it I'm a lot less open minded than Kyle so just (laughs) Don't blame me if, if you check it out and, and you don't like it, but yeah. Watch the first episode and let me know. Let's see think. how you go. There's also an ad for that monstrous looking WWE Champions game. I'll give you a little review of it. I like Bejeweled, so I thought, oh, this is cool, Bejeweled and WWE. This is, yeah. this is great. No, no, I really don't like it. You have like three ways in the match. Yeah. It's pretty much Bejeweled, but your moves are when you do the duels. If you can't find any jewels to tag up, so three three or four jewels, you can't do anything. So you're just like... Uh, so I've deleted it. There's my review. Uh, right. Two stars <laughs> out of five. Oh, dear. Graves claims that you can make dream matches happen in it, which leads Cole to make a segue by saying, oh, well... The Universal title matchup next is a bit of a dream match. <laughs> we start to be wrestling every week for the past three months. Oh. Actually, that's just reminded me, the new game, the advert, why do they bleep out some of the stuff? Like when Dean Ambrose says, I'm going to kick your ass, and also with the Rocks line, why do the line in the first place if you're going to bleep it out? Because at what point are you going to use the line without it bleeping? Being PG, I think there's so much they can get away with if they make out it's spontaneous and things. Yeah. But if they were deliberately repeating it in an advert... Yeah, I suppose so. It just didn't feel right, because watching the advert and you think, well, why are you bleeping that out? So that leads up to the build for the Universal title match. At Roadblock, Jericho caused a deliberate DQ so that Owens could retain against Roman. 
And then Jericho beat Roman for the US title in a handicap match on Raw. <laughs> Kevin Owens has a great line here, just for delivery spot, and it's like, we're national treasures! He's brilliant, Kevin Owens. The but, two together are just good to bounce off each other. Yeah, they are national treasures. Mick Foley has enough of these shenanigans, and whilst wearing a ridiculous Christmas elf, Christmas wrapping outfit thing, just look awful. Mick. <laughs> he books Roman to take on Owens in a no disqualification match with Jericho locked in a shark cage. Sexy pinyard. Sexy pinyard. Roman locked Kevin into the cage and Jericho was hanging on trying to haul it down and he got Superman punched out of mid-air. Kevin! Kevin! <laughs> that looked great. Do you think these guys have maybe wrestled a bit too frequently? Yes. A bit too much. But then again, we're going back to what we like because back in the the old age, soon as that's what it was like in the Attitude area. You know, Stone Cold and Triple H would probably fight nearly every month the same with The Rock The Rock and Triple H was the one that yeah, yeah. really so, got brought up a lot kind of going back I think the disdain with the fans is that it, it's Roman Reigns okay I think if you had Kevin Owens fighting AJ Styles or Sami Zayn every week I don't think you would get the oh these two again I think it's because you've still got quite a lot of the shitty smarks that are just against Roman no matter what he does how about Jericho as United States champ? Round, kind of rounds off his resume. Because I, mm. I, I don't think he was US champ in WCW. No. He's joined the list, hasn't he? For... He's <laughs> joined <laughs> his own <laughs> list! He made the list! Um, has he joined his own, the list of... He's now held every belt? It's difficult because... WWE's idea of what makes a Grand Slam champion yeah. changes all the time. But... I'm really struggling to think of a championship he hasn't won in the WWE, actually. Universal title, technically. Yeah. But then, like you say, with the Grand Slams always changing, it'd just be the WWE champion, and he, he has been, so... Yeah. This leads us on to our second match of the evening. No disqualification, WWE Universal Championship match that sees Kevin Owens defending against Roman Reigns, and Chris Jericho is suspended from a cage. The cage isn't suspended from that little doohickey they had in the corner like a takeover Toronto no it's a a chi- China one yeah. yeah now you mentioned Smarks against Roman Reigns but I felt there were a great deal more cheers for Roman than I expected there was still a lot of hate yeah but there were far more people willing to cheer him on than I thought and be, try and be heard above the hate did you notice when Roman was coming out every camera angle that they changed to had at least one person with either a Roman top on or a young girl with like the body armour on I like Roman I don't see where the heat's come from well I, I do see where the heat's come from but I mean I don't see where the heat is now you think he's sort of earned his keep now yeah, yeah. a lot more yeah I, I totally understand where the heat came from at the time but as of now I, I don't see why they're carrying it on He's shown what he can do. I'm more than happy to see him every week. His entrance does take absolutely ages, though. Yeah, I think they need to look at the blocking of that ramp. What the hell? This is the Royal Rumble. Somebody's going to come down that ramp at small intervals 
They've got to get from the stage to the ring in the time allocated before the next person comes out. What the hell are the design people thinking about? There's a bit on the pre-show. I think it's Michael Rosenberg from ESPN. Yeah. He, he like walked out on the stage like, oh, it's absolutely huge stage. It's bigger than usual. Like, no, the stage is the same size as usual. It's the aisle way they have to walk up. It's bloody massive. Yeah. Roman as well has got a really good stank face on him. It's, like, it's just so, it's just like simmering. Yeah. Everything's pissed him off. Yeah. <laughs> Did you spot as well, Owen's shorts, the KO on them was like in the shape of the universal title breastplate. Oh, that's cool. It's a really nice design actually. So at the get-go, the best friend's Pearl Harbor Roman before Jericho can get locked in the cage, but he fights him off easily enough. Flapjack's Jericho in the cage and locks him in. Cue walking and brawling. There was a point where they were around the international announce tables. Did you see the look on Fumilaki's face when he came over? Brilliant. I noticed that straight away when, when it got to the announce table. And Fumilaki's like... You can tell who's been in the business <laughs> yeah, as a wrestler. Yeah. And here come the pretzels. Spot with a whole bunch of chairs. As Owens hits a cannonball into the guardrail and makes this like chair pyramid. A part of me really, 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 really wants that to be not planned. Because of the way that Roman looks at it afterwards. <laughs> yes! He gets up onto the thing, looks at it, and goes, What the fuck? <laughs> and yeah. I so, so hope that Kevin Owens just did that. Just like. They were supposed to maybe do a chair table. And he's just decided, yeah. fuck it, I'm doing a pyramid. Because the look on Roman's face just made me think, that wasn't planned. Owens then hits a backstabber for a near fall. Roman replies by blocking a super kick with a sit-out powerbomb and hitting the drive-by kick. But then Owens super kicks him on a table. She lays him on, on the outside. And then hits the froggy splash through the table to the outside. The way that the table went, it was Roman's head. Oh, yeah. Where it snapped. Oh. It didn't look good. Maybe it's a bit too high up on the body, then. Yeah. It caused the break to be a bit too high. Jericho drops some brass knuckles from up high for Kevin to use. I love Jericho's facial expressions throughout the match. Like, it's, it's so pantomime mm. villain. <gasps> <gasps> and then when Kevin Owens is on top of the match, he's just like... <laughs> Owens hits a Superman punch with the brass knucks and it only gets a two count Roman fights back with a Simone drop into an erect chair how are you learn to fall from that yeah that didn't look good but then the spear gets countered into a stone cold stunner by Kevin Owens cue tweet from Steve Austin <laughs> <laughs> yeah I could tell right away Austin was going to be pissed at that because it didn't it, like, Jesus Christ, son! Yeah. <laughs> Put some stain coal in it, will you? His attitude in general is like, well, you know, if it doesn't beat the guy, it's just another move. Mm. I totally agree with Austin, though. Like, a stunner is... It's one of the best finishing moves in the company. Use it to finish a match. In his match with Owen, they were doing a two-stone, and that's what caused him to get injured. So maybe that's where this resentment of other people's finishes turning up in matches creeps in yeah possibly 
Oh no. Superplex gets blocked. And then Roman Superman punches Owens into the Jenga chairs. We're debating about how much of that was planned. It's like Kevin knew he'd be taking that bump from quite high. So yeah. I guess he figured if there was some point of contact sooner in his fall, it would help break his fall a bit better. Possibly. I just really hoped that it wasn't planned. <laughs> and Roman's reaction was his actual reaction of, what the fuck have you just built? <laughs> Somebody needs to go back and get the footage of Owens erecting that structure and play the Tetris music in the background. <laughs> Owens then gets powerbombed through the announce table. But what's this? Braun! Out of nowhere! He chokeslams Roman right on the edge of the German announce table and it doesn't break. I winced a little bit. Because uh. he didn't clear it all as well. Yes. That was the other thing. Yeah, that had me really worried that, yeah. And then he immediately follows it up with a front power slam back in the ring through a table but was stacked up in the corner. And Owens crawls over to make the cover and wins the match in 24 minutes and 5 seconds. Thoughts on this match? Again, the ending ruined the match. It was a really, really good match between the two. I know Jericho was technically in the match, but it was good to see Roman versus... Kevin one on one because oh, Jericho was always the one that, that interfered and my argument about the ending that, that kind of ruined it a little bit is yet again Kevin Owens can't beat someone without interference they need to change that because it, it doesn't reflect well on Kevin Owens well especially I've, I think I've noted this in the video package as well Roman outright says you can't beat me one on one and bizarre they've just gone, gone out and proved it yeah at the time in the moment that that had happened I thought oh this is such just a lazy lazy way to set up a Wrestlemania feud yeah it turned out I think the next night on Raw Braun pointed out that Owen said something about how he'd, he'd give him a title gi- yeah give him a title match if he retained yeah so that kind of that was kind of what motivated him yeah some really really great innovative stuff in this match my one comment, though, that kind of held it back from being like a proper top-tier match was all of Roman's championship matches seem to be at the same sort of pace. could get very sort of languid. Just lots of space in between the spots and stuff when you know, nothing much is happening. I, think, I don't know what you would call it, like big man syndrome. It's kind yeah. of like if you're a big guy, you're always going to get these gaps that don't really keep the match fluid. But yeah, I thought that's a best match we had together in a good long while and hopefully they just get some time apart a bit more now backstage we see Enzo and Cass and apparently Zoe has a date with a southern bell worst advert I've ever seen oh wait it's just a box of KFC (laughs) Zoe then asks for some privacy presumably to defile this box of chicken oh my god don't do adverts like that, please. No. Stick with the Dolphin Miz one. That was cool. Compared to this one. I guess, <laughs> yeah. Commentary introduced us to a video package of some Royal Rumble facts. And I don't know if you spotted Noel and the Clown were like in the second row behind yeah. the commentary desks. Yeah. 
this package. It was like 30 facts is split over two packages because it was a 30th Royal Rumble. Bret Hart was the first man in the first ever Royal Rumble match. All three of the female entrants in the Royal Rumble have all eliminated someone. China eliminated Mark Henry. Yeah. Beth Phoenix eliminated Carly. With a kiss. With a kiss. <laughs> and Karma eliminated Cole. Beth Phoenix was my favourite elimination. Yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> I'm going down, I'll take you with me. <laughs> For your sake as well, I noted, guess who spelt the most cumulative time in the Royal Rumble match? Spent a combined four hours, six minutes and eight seconds in the match. It's because he's the boss. He's the boss man. (laughs) Oh, wrong boss, sorry. (laughs) We then see Stephanie lambasting Mick Foley backstage over how useless the shark cage turned out to be. Then the SmackDown bosses arrive and everyone's sat by the Royal Rumble Tumblr. The same one they use every single yeah. time as a Tumblr spot. Sammy and Dean both arrive to get their numbers, although Dean only turned up because he heard there were churros. He says he's going to nap until his music hits. It doesn't make sense. So what, does he go to sleep on the step of the stage? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God, look shit, man. <laughs> I don't know whether they're trying to play up to this because, like, Austin kind of flat out called him out on his podcast for yeah. being unmotivated, so I don't know whether there's something playing up to that or something. Well, there was like quite a lot of rumblings that Austin wasn't happy with that podcast at all. <laughs> don't he, blame him. He, was... he, he looked like he was on another planet. It was uncomfortable Watch. when, when watching it. <laughs> yeah. He was in the social media lounge as well with Charlie in the pre-show. Mm. That was super, super awkward as well. He then opens Sammy's number for him, and it turns out Sammy's drawn number eight. Wait, no. I read it upside down. Eight. <laughs> Up next, we get a video package for the Cruiserweight Championship match, featuring some sit-down interviews a la NXT and the first sort of women's revolution championship matches. So Neville is the self-proclaimed king of the Cruiserweights, but Rich Swann still feels that 205 Live is his show. Swan was actually Neville's young boy in Japan and that meant that Neville couldn't accept Rich's success. In life, the monsters win. This could be a prime point to introduce our new section. Our purple patch, if you will. Purple patch, yeah. You've mentioned numerous times on the podcast you're quite a big fan of 205 Live. Yeah. The week before the Rumble, there was a match between Cedric Alexander and Neville. And yeah, you texted me saying you need to watch this match. Just go ahead and check it out. I'll be honest, it's the first match I've seen on 205 Live. I've only ever seen like the Cruiserweights with the matches on Raw beforehand. Yeah. It was fabulous. It was exactly what I've been waiting for. Just to see Cedric kind of cut loose and get time to wrestle. Yeah. I don't think he's really had that since he had that excellent match with Kota. Yeah. People are calling it probably the best match to happen on 205 Live. The thing with 205 is it's very story-based, which can only help the superstars. So every single match that happens on 205, there's a story behind it, which I think is great. So it means you're invested at all times. The only downfall for me is that it's after SmackDown. Yeah. So some of the audience aren't really into it. 
and you can see some of the audience leaving. I don't really know where else you could place it, and some people argue, well, Raw's three hours, SmackDown's two hours, so the extra hour is 2.05. But it just, that's the only thing that seems to be affecting it at the moment. The crowd isn't really into it. But the talent's there. Yeah. You just need the crowd to get into it. Anybody else you've been enjoying on that show in particular? Tazawa, that's yeah. it. I, I always get the W and the Z the wrong way around. He's brilliant. Austin Aries is coming back. He's been cleared. Oh, good. Um, he's on 205, so he's going to come off commentary and back onto wrestling. And there's a rumour that he's going to be at Mania doing something with the Cruiserweights, so that's cool. Right. Overall, with the Cruiserweights, like you get with anything, there's, there's some good guys and then there's some alright guys. But overall, they kind of even themselves out. I'm really enjoying 205. There's one more match I want to catch up on, actually. It's that big five-way or whatever it was. The winner would face the winner of this next match. Yeah. I've not watched it, but I know the result. Okay, so I could tell that they were pushing Jack Gallagher for a while with his stuff that he was doing with Davari. He very much reminds me of William Regal. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff that he's got up to and the stuff that he does on the mic. For me, I wouldn't have given it to Jack Gallagher, but... I can kind of see where they're going with it because of the screen time that he's had for the past few weeks. But yet again, you know, five cruiserweights in a ring together. It's just entertainment. It's brilliant. Cue our third match of the main card for WWE Cruiserweight Championship match. Seeing Rich Swan, the champion, facing Neville. Did you spot there was an Asuka cosplayer in the crowd? Yes. <laughs> awesome! They need to do more of that. The more yeah. cosplayers. There's that time when those lads were in like the front row, the second row of one show, and the show was really shit. So they chanted after you know whoever whoever's costumes they were in. Yeah. So they like casually move them off the camera. Yeah, and then they move them back for the rock. Yeah. 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 The start of this match, lots of great flips and stuff, and a sweet dive by Swan. Neville then does a huge top rope drop kick that gets a two. Crucifix by Swan gets a two as well, but then Neville goes for his butterfly cross face submission and Swan has to desperately scramble to the ropes. Nev then controls this match. Pretty standard chin lock heat segment and proclaims, this is too easy. Why was he Scottish? That's just too easy. <laughs> You've got the two north. Reverse, <laughs> reverse. Wrong side of the wall. <laughs> He wallops Swan into the barricade. And did you see that lad that was cheering Swan on? Oh, make me shut up. <laughs> I loved it. Yes. A super kick out of midair turns the match around for Swan. And he follows up with an ace standing Frankensteiner. And then the triangle Phoenix sent on to the outside. Awesome. He gets near falls with high kick and a standing frog splash. Nev crutches Swan up top, but the superplex is blocked. Neville flips off the top rope and superkicks Swan only to be victory road for a near fall. Swan then gets his scorpion kick finisher but Neville's too close to the ropes. So Swan goes up top, Neville runs the ropes to get the superplex and he locks in his butterfly submission to get the tap out and to win the championship in 13 minutes 35 seconds. I'm going to hand this over to you because I watch these every week. So what do you think? The middle section kind of slowed it down a wee bit too much but yeah in general it was very good I don't think it was quite on the level of 
Neville's match with Alexander, yeah, or maybe even his his match with End that we saw at the UK tournament. But there's still some really really nice work, and Swan's hope spots as he was making his comeback were really really good to yeah. turn it around. And again, I really appreciate what Neville's doing with the intensity of his character and how it's transferring over to his in-ring work as well. Yeah, I really like Neville's flips. Yeah, he does. They're, they're so precise, and you know he knows exactly where point A is to point B. You see, I mean, Callisto, Sinkara is another one. Mysterio at times were guilty of flipping, knowing they were going to land, but not not a comfortable land, if if you will. Whereas Neville's lands, whether it's on his feet, on his stomach, wherever, they just they're so precise, and you know exactly where he's going to land. It's brilliant. All I would say is that. I don't want them to push Neville too high. He's coming, he's annihilated the Cruiserweights, which has been a good story. He's now the king of the Cruiserweights. But we don't want to see this unbeatable persona, okay. if you will. Because we've seen it with Lesnar, we've seen it with Taker. You then have to make sure that you have the right opponent that's going to beat him. So we need to see that he's still just the same as everybody else. Yeah. But it's it's good to see to see Neville as champion going forward. He'll be a good champion. I just hope they mix it up with the cruiserweights and it's not just Rich Swan and you know Cedric Alexander and guys like that, Jack Gallagher. You know, I hope that it, some of these guys coming through get a chance as well. Yeah, they've got a really good mix of talent. They've had some things fast for hand as well. It's like Swan hurt his leg. And Tony Nice as well. He was getting some traction. Right, me, I'm a safari. Yeah. He is brilliant. He's become a face without forcing it. Everybody booed him when he first started. And then he had a match on 205 in Chicago. And Chicago's his hometown. So he came out, the crowd went ballistic. He won his match. And since then, he's just been face. And he's just impressed everyone so much. Yeah. But I, I understand his point because his interviews before Chicago were, was that people boo me because they see my graphics on the, the thing and it's the flag and they boo me straight away automatic and I want to change that and he has changed that Yeah, and it's just great to see yeah I think he's a fabulous role model he was one of the people that you know, when I was watching the Cruiserweight Classic I'm like I really hope they sign this guy up we then get a video package for AJ Styles versus John Cena, which is coming up next. It goes all the way back to AJ's debut at last year's Royal Rumble. Then shows him beating John Cena clean as a sheet at SummerSlam and winning the championship at Backlash. Sad Panda Cena then removed his armband. Had some kind of arm surgery or something from the looks of it. Yeah. I don't remember that. No. He bogged off and did VSBs and Colbert and SNL and all those kind of things. But he came back to set the record straight. I'm not done. I'm not leaving. The best thing in that package was seeing AJ Styles with the never give up headband. <laughs> oh my word. The best thing ever. He should wrestle with a headband on. Yes. Cena says... If I could hold that gold just one more time, woo! Ugh. Both traded verbal barbs in the week or two leading up to the match. But I thought 
went a bit too far in tearing their opponents down. Like, AJ's on about Cena being a has-been, and Cena goes, oh, but you're not on my level. I'm like, what are you on about? He beat you clean as a whistle. It's almost yeah. like, going into this match, obviously, John Cena was on 15 world championships, and there was the prospect here that he could tie the Nature Boy Ric Flair's record. I mean, how, how did you feel about that going into this match? Didn't really bother me that much. To be fair, Cena deserves to get another title. I know there's quite a lot of talk on Twitter about having Flair keep that record because it's Ric Flair, but records are there to be broken. There's quite a lot of heat for Cena like there is for Roman. But hey, look look at what he's done in the, the last 10, 12 years. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that the last two or three years has shown that Cena's still got a lot of gas left in the tank mm. and it felt inevitable to me you know this is going to happen so just make it happen so that it, it's the best possible scenario for him to win the championship have him beat a really really great strong champion make him really worthy of that championship victory so you know the prospect of him winning this match was not something that was going to upset me yeah because he deserves it and we've seen so many records get shattered recently AJ Lee's record Demolition's yeah. record you knew it was a matter of time yeah although the the New Day record I wasn't happy with just because I don't feel that the New Day are a strong enough tag team you feel the the gimmick with three of them diminished yeah. it a bit yeah as the New Day gimmick fantastic absolutely brilliant but I don't feel that that should give them enough right to take the tag record I think they're just trying to capitalise on this big money train that's coming from their merch because, you yeah. know, their, their gimmick's been excellent. Yeah. But other than that, you like you say, records have got to be broken. So. Mm. so, our fourth match of the main card. The WWE Championship is on the line. AJ Styles defending his championship against Gian Cena. AJ's new gear is tremendous in this match. Whereas Cena's new shirt is absolutely horrific. Do, 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 do. <laughs> the atmosphere in the building is tremendous. Mm. Really, really heated. Everyone's really excited for this match. Yeah. They see what they could do at SummerSlam. You know, you say it's one of your favourite matches last yeah. year. I'll agree with that as well. Yeah. People are obviously expecting something special. Yeah. The early goings are quite cautious, and David Otunga does a terrible job when asked the question. What does John Cena have to do to win? He just has to stick to his game plan. <laughs> AJ pays for mocking Cena's You Can't See Me with a big back body drop. Only to then land on his feet from an early attitude adjustment attempt. AJ's in control and you see Cena on camera go, Here we go. I'm coming up. And it's safe to say, Oh, he does. And it's five moves of doom time already. But AJ has a sweet Frankenstein counter to the proto bomb. Cena then absolutely murders AJ with a lariat. I love the facial expressions of guys like Cena and AJ Styles, just to show that they're in the moment and they are just going for it. It's mm. brilliant. Boy, did they ever go for it in this yeah. match! The phenomenal forearm gets ducked, and Cena hits the AA. But he only gets two, and Cena is absolutely fuming and levels him, absolutely levels him with another lariat. He goes for it a third time, and it's ducked, and AJ hits the Pele of a phenomenal forearm. But he only gets two. 
Mauro at this point kind of sounded like he said, He dicked John Cena. You what? I hope he did. <laughs> I hope he did say that. We then get some more um, then now whatever poetry corner. AJ Styles racking up the frequent flyer miles. Cena hits an electric chair flapjack like Edge used to do. Yeah, I've not seen that. Well, since Edge did it. Yeah. This is the thing about modern day John Cena. He just pops a new move every now and then. He's like, there you go, fuck you, Smarks. (laughs) (laughs) There's my sixth move. (laughs) AJ hooks with Calf Crusher and Cena counters to the STF. And AJ counters to the STF. My God, this match. Cena then hauls AJ up and teases going for the Styles Clash. But then he hooks on the figure four leg lock. Sha-la-la-la-la, I loved it. Who'd have thought that Cena would have the balls to do that? Oh, God. Well, he did it um, when he wrestled Rollins yeah. the last time he had a title match. And like, yes, yes, yes. Do you reckon stuff like that, he'd have had to get, not permission, but he'd have had to ask someone? I don't know whether he'd have outright asked Flair beforehand whether he could do it because loads of people use the figure four anyway but my understanding is they're both pretty chummy with each other yeah they'd be drinking buddies on the road and stuff like going off Flair's Hall of Fame speech and that I'm just thinking with any other match he could use that and no one would say anything but the fact that it, it it's a match where he could potentially tie it with Flair you think that he, he might go hey Rick you know I'm, I'm thinking of <laughs> That's what makes it such a great heated spot. Yeah. Like you say, usually figure four gets slapped down. Oh, yeah, okay. But a figure four that might equal Ric Flair's 16 world titles. Yeah. I just love it. AJ power bombs away John Cena's leg drop out of midair and hauls him up for the Styles Clash and it only gets a near fall. The Springboard 450 then eats the knees and they trade some more near falls. Cena, the code red... It's so strange seeing Cena flip. He tucks himself in though. That's the weirdest thing. (laughs) (laughs) We then get the top rope attitude adjustment by John Cena and AJ Styles kicks out and the crowd are rabid. That was good. Watching that was amazing. He's just like... (laughs) What can he do to put down AJ if that doesn't work? Yeah. Yeah, again, Cena is livid. And winds up eating the Styles Clash yet again. And AJ goes up for the phenomenal forearm. But Cena intercepts him and hits the attitude adjustment. And then jackknifes AJ Styles up for another attitude adjustment. And that gets the free to finish it off in 24 minutes and 35 seconds. So John Cena is your new WWE champion for the 16th time. Woo! Lord almighty this match. That set the marker for the rest of the year. I'm now going to watch every pay-per-view and knowing that we're going to have another end-of-year review, they're all going to be against that match. What a match. And it played off the past matches so, so well as well. Yeah. Like, there's sequences that cropped up in the SummerSlam match and they kind of worked it in a little bit differently. The finish as well. That's how AJ put Cena away. The clash, the forearm, and he was done. Yeah. But Cena knew better this time around. I can't even describe how good that match was. Just a brilliant effort. One thing that I would say is the Styles Clash makes me... Worry. Yeah. You've really got to tuck your head out of the way. Yeah. It's inches. I mean, inches. Every time. No matter who he does it to. 
that's a snapped neck if that goes wrong well that has happened yeah. on a few occasions I'm afraid if there was a point in time where Cena had to tie the record this match is such a worthy worthy effort to show why John Cena deserves this yeah. AJ's been a terrific champion there's no better guy he can topple to get that accolade the one thing I will say about this match it's straight into the finishing sequence that's all Cena is nowadays straight to the finishes Yeah, I would have liked to have seen a longer spell where AJ was in control of the match and Cena had to fight out a bit more yeah. the vast majority of this match was AJ fighting out of Cena's finishing sequences yeah but, you know, that's a really minor quibble when the action is this good. So, ever the class act, Cena spots a Make-A-Wish team in the crowd and let's see the oldest championship. Nice, that, yeah. Colin Graves recap the Seth Rollins situation. He lost his Royal Rumble spot to Sami Zayn on Raw because Jubilee H's music played. And we then see that the previous night at NXT TakeOver, Rollins invaded. Flipped out. I did not expect that. That was amazing. Do you remember we had a Twitter conversation with somebody regarding this? And we didn't think they'd go through with it because it felt like they were positioning the Triple H on NXT to be Paul Levesque, not Triple H. So now what's happening? Now both worlds are colliding. I don't know because the problem with this is that NXT fans will always see Triple H as a face. Whereas the WWE Universe will see Seth as the face. I don't know whether they should have kept them separate. On the night of that incident, they got away with it just for the sheer shock value. Mm. It's like, oh my, oh my God, you know, I didn't expect that this is how they'd move forward, you know, yeah. that they'd have Seth be so daring. But yeah, it would have been interesting to see how this comes up long term. On the pre-show, they had an interview with Stephanie McMahon. She banned Seth Rollins from the building. Were you totally convinced that he'd stay away, though? No. I thought we'd see Seth and Triple H at some point. Usually, like, you say, oh, you're banned from the building. Don't you dare come back. I'm going to turn around if, yeah. if you're not there. It's going to <laughs> I'm be going trouble. to count to ten. One, <laughs> two. Because he's just made a super, super ballsy move. Turning up at TakeOver. Yeah. We'll have to see what comes up. Out comes Jerry Lawler, who's here to call the Royal Rumble match with Graves and Cole. I was so excited to hear that music. <laughs> I, I don't couldn't really... control myself. <laughs> I didn't really understand the dynamic they were going for here. I'd have expected that if they were going to have a guest come in to call the match, mm. they'd have had one Raw guy, one SmackDown guy, and a neutral guest which I suppose was what Lawler's role was supposed to be. But no, they paired him with Cole and Graves. Hmm. Both Raw guys. They round off their Royal Rumble stats package. Batista is the only two-time winner to win at the same spot, hmm. via number 28. And Kane's been in 17 Royal Rumble matches in total and has eliminated 43 people. Have you heard why Kane's not been in for a while? I don't know. He's running for mayor next year. Oh, really? Yeah. Kentucky, I think it is. Wow. And so he's been taking off all live events because he's coming up with the whole thing with his wife and his team. And Yeah, good luck to him. Before we reach the Royal Rumble match itself, it's time for Sign Watch. Loads and loads of signs. Kyle, you pointed out a couple to me earlier. Mr. B! <laughs> Mr. B! 
Bean was in the rumble. Oh, Teddy. Hello. <laughs> Oh, oh that's man. brilliant. And it was pretty much central to the camera. Yeah, oh, yeah. His head was disappeared. Yeah. There was a lot of sexy pinata signs. Sexy pinata. Oh, yeah. yeah. My first two here, we've got contrasting opinions on Charlotte. Bailey, don't hug Charlotte. Ew. And someone else had a sign saying, I travelled 5,960 miles for Charlotte. That's dedication. Dedication, yeah. One read, call me Shakira. And I don't know if it was a request for Shakira to call him or whether he wanted to be referred to as Shakira and this was his way of saying so. Yeah. Was there a number? No. It might have been the call me Shakira. Uh, Unless it was PK in the crowd and they'd fallen out. (laughs) Call me Shakira! There was one sign that read, Rock is here, and there was an arrow pointing down to the guy holding the sign. Safe to say, Rock was not there. I really hope that that would have been amazing if it was the Rock. He had his own sign, Rock is here. <laughs> there was a Neville sign, and the evil in the middle of it was painted in red. Ah, oh, that's nice. Really clever. Heyman, bring back ECW. No! He failed it once already. <laughs> we want Omega. Uh, he's in Chile, mate. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. No. Papa Hales is my homeboy. <laughs> There's one that cropped up right after Cena won the title. Cena likes store-bought tortillas. <laughs> okay. Right, you know how loads of people have those stock Cesaro section signs that they print off and there's usually loads of them yeah there was literally one Seamus section sign when Shambo came out it's hilarious <laughs> uh, this one wasn't in the crowd it was in the Royal Rumble video package Big Show was doing his pose and somebody put up a sign saying booze in Spanish <laughs> random found a couple here Big E please don't dance I don't like Big E's dancing yeah yeah get stuff and my favourite. Rusev is my favourite total diva. He's brilliant, Rusev. Uh, yeah, I don't watch total divas, but he categorically is. He's just amazing. He's just not in character at all. But his Twitter handle is Rusev. He leaked the script to the Royal yeah. Rumble and made himself a winner. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of fans were giving me shit. It's like, it's not real, you know? It's like, it is a script, sir. <laughs> So, Kyle, it's time for the main event. It's the 30th annual Royal Rumble match. Going into this match, who would have been your like favourite picks? No. He's not going to do it two years in a row. Fuck He's off. not in the building. <laughs> I went for Bray. My idea that I had was that Bray, Randy and Luke Harper might do a bit of what Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase did to yeah. Triple H yeah. kind of saw that angle going another part of me thought Taker with Brock and Goldberg it's, it's a little difficult to ideally think that they would win the Rumble so yeah. I kind of discounted them straight away clearly the game plan is for those two to face at Wrestlemania yeah. so you'd figure if they were both in the Royal Rumble match if 
one of them won it, how would the other get in the championship picture or something like yeah. that? What about surprises and returns? Was there anybody you were hoping out for? I wanted Bully Ray and Samoa Joe. My idea that I had was that some if Samoa Joe turned up, he'd win it. Yeah, that did sound like a really realistic one, and I was thinking this along the same sort of lines because he didn't have a program going into takeover; he was just in the front row mm-hmm. watching. Yeah, so it was obvious he was kind of finishing up. The other thing I was pondering was Finn Balor looked pretty healthy when we saw him at the UK tournament. Yeah, I think they'll keep him for Mania, and that shows how over Finn is with the top guys. Mm. For someone to be so young within the business, not age-wise, but young as in starting out in the business, to be kept off to come back at Mania, that shows that they really do see him as a top guy. Because you you wouldn't normally think you would do that for someone who's not been in the main roster for a long time. You might say bring him back at Fastlane or Mm. whatever. Look at the way he was treated before his injury. Mm. They put him over Roman and, yeah, won the championship on his first try. Mm. Okay, so this year, entrants are coming in every two minutes because of that long-ass ramp. So, our number one entrant is Big Cass. And he's out with Enzo and they do their shtick, singing deep in the heart of Texas. Graves claims, I've had root canals more enjoyable than this. I love Corey. Our second entrant... Is the United States champion Chris Jericho, who's not wearing his belt. You brought your fucking scarf. Where's your championship belt, mate? That's a big stickler for me in matches where the belt's not on the line and they come out without the belt. It's your belt. Yeah. You, you wear it wherever you go. Come out with it. The ring keeper will keep hold of it and then when you get eliminated, just pick it back up and go. Jojo ran through the rules in the ring. And then, several minutes later, they had Corey Graves <laughs> the the on the screen, yeah. But he got it wrong. He butchered it, didn't he? <laughs> Poor lad. The way they reacted, I don't think he was expecting that. Because yeah. they kind of went, and Corey's going to explain it to you. And he went, Whoa. oh, what? <laughs> Jericho slaps Cast to start, eats a big fall away slam for his troubles, and number three comes out, and it's Callisto. He looks so weird in short shorts. Who wears short shorts? Because <laughs> <laughs> his legs are so short. It's just... <laughs> he wears short shorts and his legs are short. Yeah. <laughs> he scores with some kicks and looks quite good. And then out comes number four. Mojo Rally. What the fuck was that charge on Y2J? It's just like Rout walks in. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> And then just kind of like grazes his knee or something. <laughs> what are you doing, mate? Number five, get in. It's Jack Gallagher and his brolly. Apparently, according to Graves, it's called William the Third. Mm. Yeah, he kicks all sort of ass with it, and then he does a bollock shot on Jericho and opens the brolly and spins it around. It makes you wonder with him bringing the brolly out. Should superstars? think about bringing weapons into the Rumble. That was pretty prominent in the 2001 one, wasn't it? But since then, they've forgotten about it. And when Jack Gallagher started using the brolly, it made me think, 
why don't somebody go out and get a chair or, you know? Well, it's really weird. They're kind of fast and loose about whether you can actually be disqualified in the Royal Rumble match as well. 2008, they had Finley disqualified for jumping the gun and coming into the match sooner than his entry so that he could protect Hornswoggle. Yeah. And they've done things like that, but yeah. Have you got any other favourite Royal Rumble comedy spots? <laughs> Santino. When he comes in, gets knocked out, he goes, Can we start again? Can we start again? <laughs> Do you remember he had a, a, the, the Cobra and Mr. Socko had that duel? Yeah. I'm all for comedy spots, but only if they're relatable to the what's happening. Because sometimes some of the comedy spots, they happen and you think, well, you could just be eliminated. They're all right, some of the stories. Out comes number six, Mark Henry. I should point out as well, I had us entered into two Royal Rumble pools and we drew numbers six and 13. So we, Mark Henry's out. We need to cheer him on here. Go yeah. on, Mark. The camera cuts away from his entrance, so he can be driven to the ring on the back of a golf cart. Oh, it looks so ridiculous! It looked proper scary when Mark did it as well. He's like proper leaning back into it. You're like, well, Jesus Christ, you're gonna fall or something? Do you think that that was a conscious effort? Because at the beginning of this podcast, we were talking about how the stage and the ramp was ridiculous. Yeah. Why design the ramp then knowing you're going to have to cut off the screen to get your superstars down there? Where's the logistic positive of that design? They should have done like WrestleMania 3. Everyone comes out in a pod and they get let out. Yeah. Rather than pretend that they're actually fast enough to run down the ramp. Yeah. Jack tried headbutting him, but dazed himself because his head's so hard. And then tries to be all Mary Poppins flying off with his brolly up. But then he gets tossed out by Henry and eliminated. While still hanging on to his brolly. (laughs) Number seven. He eliminates Mojo. Ducks Cass's big boot and eliminates him. And then Beals Cass over the top rope to eliminate him. Landing him on the other big lads on the outside. While all of this is going on, Y2J's hiding outside the ring. Bronve makes quick work of Mark Henry as well. Yeah, Henry's gone. I was getting pretty excited at this point in the match. Now, I WhatsApp to you my notes on the eliminations when I was keeping track. Yeah. Every time Braun eliminated someone, I capitalised more and more letters and I put more and more A's and U's in his name Braun <laughs> he eliminate Mojo Braun Cass Braun Callisto Braun Henry Braun Callisto's elimination oh, when yeah. Braun just lobs him out the ring mm. he nose dives it's horrible I was like oh god uh, well it's a good thing he had some pretty big lads trying to catch him yeah right? As expected, number eight is Sami Zayn. He slugs it out with Braun, only to eat the heart punch. And he nearly suplexes Braun. But, yeah, he gets mowed down eventually. Commentary starts pondering, who could throw Braun out on their own? Hmm. Cue number nine. Oh, it's a big show! Who looks amazing. Oh, yes! <laughs> Were people singing along to his song? Yep. I thought so, yeah. Yeah, he's well and truly a face again. <laughs> mm. It just goes to show, you put the work in, people are going to respond to you. Yeah. Like, 
you look at like two years ago the prospect of Big Show and people chant like please retire mm. whereas now it just goes to show how well Braun's been booked and how people are relating to Big Show getting in shape like this yeah, yeah. but the, the reaction for this face off here was really stellar stuff yeah crowd were really amped for this they then start chanting 10 knowing what's coming next it had to be they would have missed a hell of a cue if it wasn't. We'll get to it when it happens, yeah. but yeah, they don't want the match getting sandbagged again, I don't think. No. Show choke Sam's Braun. And then he blocks Y2J's code breaker and hits the KO punch. He then trades slam attempts with Braun and winds up getting eliminated. Q. Ten. Entry ten. number ten. ten. The perfect ten. 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 Ty Dillinger. Ten. And the crowd love it. They got absolutely nuts. Amazing. He takes it right to Braun and does the 10 punches in the corner. <laughs> he tries to double suplex him with Sammy, but Braun double suplexes them. Number 11 is James Ellsworth. Fuck right off. I don't often find myself agreeing with Jerry Lawler, but he quips, this guy's a total waste of skin. Agreed. He shits himself at the prospect of encountering Braun again. And in the distraction, Braun actually nearly gets eliminated, but he has a pretty impressive hang on. Yeah. Number 12, it's the IC champion, Dean Ambrose. He's just woken up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit, my alarm's gone. <laughs> he tries to convince Ellsworth to go in the ring. Yeah, yeah, we'll totally double team him. Yeah, yeah. But it's a trap. And. Ambrose just lets him get destroyed by Braun and chokeslammed to the outside straight to the floor. Holy crap. Ouch. How do you prepare for that? Tuck in there. You just tense your body. Yeah, and just tense think, up. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> At that point that Braun leaves go of you, you're just like... <laughs> <laughs> Number 13, our other draw. Our only hope now because Henry's gone. It's Barry Cobbs, the lone wolf. <laughs> you like how he's the lone wolf, so he's got a lone wolf on his t-shirt. Well done, creative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he joins in with all the rest of the lads to quadruple team Braun. Braun still fights them off quite well. But eventually, after eliminating Ty, he eats a jawbreaker from Sammy, a dropkick by Dean... A halloo kick by Sammy, and then Barry Corbin clotheslines Braun out on, on his own. Brilliant stuff. Really intriguing stuff. So the big monster of SmackDown just eliminating the big monster of Raw. Mm. So Braun's gone. Where's Roman? You don't think he wants some revenge? Like, Yeah, you'd think so. Uh, it's a shame that there's no spots for him. Number 14 is Kofi Kingston. Oh yeah, the other thing I noticed about Barry... He drew number 13. Did you see he had a 13 written on his tights? On his back right pocket. Oh, had 13 on it. Nice. I assume it was genuinely part of a design and not him trying to remind himself <laughs> yeah. what number well, it is. Like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> number 15 is The Miz. And he totally missed times hitting a school crushing finale on Sammy. Then escapes the Dirty Deeds. And Kofi escapes the school crush- crushing finale. But then Dean rebounds and the lariat and Kofi eats a lariat. I really don't like that move. It's a horrible, horrible, horrible move. 
The second rope bounce looks good. Ray used to do it all the time, mm. and we saw it a few times in the UK Championship, bouncing off the second rope and back. But the way that Dean does it, I, I really don't like it. It just kind of, you know it's scripted when he does that. Yeah. Miz does his Daniel Bryan impression, but then it's a massive, massive deep six from Corbin. Fat move, just, I've never seen it look bad. No. Kofi goes up top and then craps himself when he spots parries after him. So he creeps onto the post and Corbin takes a swipe at him and he jumps and then grabs the post to cling on. The crunch on that when his stomach hits the post. Yeah, oh my God. I mean, I don't know how he was supposed to do that safely. I think he, he had some pressure as well from backstage because he's known for every year doing something. Well, that was going to be my next question. Have oh, you got okay, a, a, yeah. a favour of Kofi's hang-on spots? Yeah, the commentator's chair. <laughs> Paul goes <laughs> over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's my favourite. I like the handstand, the handstand one. Number 16 is Seamus, and he cleans house. Bro-kicking Y2J, who's suddenly reappeared out of nowhere at last. Number 17 is Big E, who gets the golf cart treatment. He spanks the miss while in an abdominal stretch. Number 18, my man Handsome Rusev is out. Although, unfortunately, he's not so handsome at the minute, wearing a face mask after he got his nose broken by a crossbody from Kofi on Raw. He splashes everyone, and at this point, the ring's getting pretty cluttered. Lots of people hanging on. Yeah, you just time. wonder. We need someone to really clear them out. Yeah. Number 19 is Cesaro, and he swings everyone. Oh my word, that was amazing. Everyone except Big E, though. Yeah. Watching that back, Big E is probably sat there going, oh man. Cesaro tried so, so hard. Yeah. <laughs> he almost swung Sheamus as well. Mm. But as Sheamus begs off, Rusev super kicked him off. Number 20 is Xavier Woods. Comes out to triple team Sheamus with his New Day mates. And they hit a really cool snake eyes double kick in the corner triple yeah. team. Number 21 is Bray Wyatt. And fuck you, Jerry Lawler, for stealing my you know what that means joke. You know Luke Harper on Twitter. Right? Yeah. Every single day is like, it's Monday. You know what that yeah. means. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't tell if he's doing this in character or if it's him fucking about in real life. It's brilliant. Bray hits a big Uranagi on the Miz and squares off with Xavier in a callback to their feud over the summer I quite liked that how the New Day was well it was just Xavier wasn't it that was mm. scared of Bray yeah number 22 is Apollo Crews who I legitimately forgot existed does a lot of kicks looks good hits a moonsault on the Miz he's one of the fewer NXT guys that's kind of got lost in the pack it's always going to happen to somebody. And unfortunately, it's Apollo Crews. He's very proficient in the ring and he's got a lot of nice athletic stuff, mm. but they just don't know where to take his character, really. Yeah. Biggie's trying to help his New Day teammates hang on on the apron. Cesaro and Sheamus come in and quadruple clothesline all of the New Day guys out at once. I think Sheamus tries to toss Cesaro out and Jericho That's takes advantage yeah. and sneaks behind and eliminates both of them. We have a little team argument. Yeah. <laughs> Number 23 
quote-unquote Wyatt family member Randy Orton, who comes out to his own music and wearing his own merchandise. Yeah. This is like when John Cena was in for Nexus and he still wore his own merchandise. It's just a big, blooming red flag. No, this isn't going to last. Yeah. I mean, we all know, you know, they're going to turn anyway, but... At least when you're in that storyline, go full hilted it. Well, because from a character work standpoint, the reaction to Orton in the White family has been really positive. Yeah. Yeah, just little things like that just shatter it a little bit for me. Mm. He power slams the Miz after some miscommunication with Y2J. And RKO's for everybody. When he does it to Rusev, it almost looks like his face mask comes off a bit. Yeah, it slips a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. And he RKO's Sammy out of midair. Number 24 is Dolph Ziggler, who super kicks everybody. And double DDT's Miz and Cruz. The crowd are chanting for Goldberg and Jericho's like, huh, what, huh? <laughs> I love that. I love the continuity that Jericho would be the one to get irritated at that as well. It's time for entrant number 25. You know what that means. It's Luke Harper. Take note, Randy Orton. He's out to the Wyatt family music. Mm. He eliminates Apollo Crews and squares off with Randy Orton. And Bray tries to keep the peace. But Harper clotheslines him. Marked out. Yes. He then tries to sister Abigail Bray Wyatt, but Orton RKO's him off. I've got a question for you. Literally, what are they doing with Luke Harper? He's a good worker, but I can't see him being a singles guy. I mean, I I quite liked him when he's on his own and stuff, but yeah, I do wonder about his general direction Mm. past this feud. Because they're going to have to repackage him a little bit because he's he's still got all the, the Wyatt clothing and I don't know. The worry is he'd go like Eric Rowan Yeah. when he split from the Wyatts and just like, okay, he's a face now. Yeah. Hopefully, like with him, he's legitimately tried to strike out on his own and has had enough of Orton and Bray's bollocks. Mm. Hopefully that'll help him keep a bit more traction. Yeah. But we'll see where that goes. All right, number 26, it's Brock Lesnar with Pyro as well. Mm. He absolutely wallops Dean Ambrose and eliminates him immediately. Yeah. That's for talking shit on Austin's podcast, I guess. And he eliminates Ziggler as well. Suplex City, firmly in session with lots of Germans and the F5. And the crowd has a guess at what's next. Or rather, who's next. Yeah. But wait, actually, number 27 is Enzo Amore. And Corey Graves is thrilled. He marks out. He's like, yes, he's going to get twatted so badly. This is my boy. (laughs) Brock batters him with a clothesline and tosses him out. And then Suplex City gets back into session. Until number 28, Goldberg comes out. And the crowd is electric for this. They even do the package backstage, don't they? Yeah. Coming out. He ducks a clothesline from Brock, spears him, and clotheslines him out immediately. So Lesnar gets pulled by Goldberg one more time. I'm going to call that a third one. I know it's not a match, but that's three times. Yeah. Three nil. <laughs> he can't get over this hoodoo. <laughs> Jericho's crying off like, face lock him, face lock him, just like you did in that backstage fight, Chris. Go on, you know what to do. I know you're not a WCW guy, but what's your impression being of Goldberg since he's made his comeback? 
Originally, when he came back out, I, I thought it was quite good, all the star aura he had around him. My only issue with it is that we already know Goldberg's plan. A bit like Lesnar. When Lesnar comes back, you know exactly what's going to happen in the next few months. That's my only issue with Goldberg. Now Goldberg's back, I can tell you his plan from now to Mania, which shouldn't be the case. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he's been good on the, on the mic, in the ring, he's been great. Yeah, I think especially his first promo he cut when he came back mm. was really, really good. Yeah. And his spells in the Rumble here, he looked pretty good as well. Because obviously, you know, squashing Lesnar in 30 seconds, you don't really get a sense of what he's up to. But yeah, it's decent. Although I have to say, with these part-timers, I'm quite alright with them interacting with each other in this bubble. I don't want to see them properly in the championship picture or anything like that. He hits a jackhammer on Sammy and spears both Wyatts. Everybody's down again. At this point, I'm thinking... Oh, wouldn't it be interesting if The Undertaker came out now? Mm. Number 29. And I lost it. I completely lost it. His entrance was very unconventional. <laughs> well, so the lights go out. And when they're back up, The Undertaker's in the ring. Do you reckon when the lights went out, he jumped on the golf trolley? <laughs> <laughs> go, 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 jumped off. <laughs> I said I was a massive Goldberg fan as a kid. Seeing him square off with The Undertaker. So these are two like pure WCW and WWF guys. Never even interacted whatsoever. Yeah. Like, oh my God. He chokes Bill, but Rusev and Barry interrupt proceedings and they quite rightly get tossed out. And Goldberg spears the Undertaker in distraction. He eliminates Luke Harper. And then from behind, the Undertaker sneaks up and eliminates Goldberg. He then hits chokeslams on Miz and Sammy. So there's only one entrant left in the Rumble match. I can't think of anyone else that has been announced that's left in the match. So I wonder who could it be? Samoa Joe. Yeah. Samoa Joe. Maybe it's a surprise. Maybe it's a debuting Samoa Joe. Maybe it's... Kurt Angle returning after his Hall of Fame induction. Maybe Seth Rollins has defied the ban and found a way to sneak in and beat up whoever the original number 30 was. Maybe it's Triple H who's coming in to win it for the second year in a row. Let's not get carried away. It's possible. Maybe it's Finn Balor returning from injury. Maybe it's Vince McMahon. (laughs) (laughs) Both my quads are gone. You have to just fall out of the ring. (laughs) Fall out. Number 30. It's Roman Reigns. At this point, I just collapsed on the couch and just went, oh, God. I think I laughed. I'm just like, (laughs) you must be kidding me. Awful, awful, awful booking. Immediately met with a bevy of booze and this is bullshit chance. Rightfully so, but I don't feel that it should be aimed at Roman. I feel sorry for Roman because he just gets told what to do. Yeah. Can you imagine Vince going, right, you're going out at 30. And he goes, no. 
<laughs> do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like he's he's being told what to do. So I think the general booze of him coming out are aimed at the booking. So he comes in and he squares off with the Undertaker. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. He slips out of a choke slam and hits a Superman punch, only to eat a choke slam. Taker eliminates Miz and then Sami Zayn. Oh, but Roman hangs on when Taker tries to throw him out. Undertaker goes to choke slam Y2J. And then Roman from behind comes in and eliminates the Undertaker. And San Antonio is livid. How do you pour more napalm onto a situation <laughs> like this? You eliminate the Undertaker. The crowd chant bullshit. And Roman looks proper evil mm. looking at the Undertaker. And he proclaims, this is my yard now. Interesting direction here. And Taker also, I don't know whether you notice when he turns around, he says this isn't over. Oh. All signs point to maybe a WrestleMania match. Yeah. Which is confusing because the stuff with Braun happened earlier on in the night. When that happened, I think, oh, they're going with Braun and Roman at Mania. But now, Roman and Taker, part of me wonders whether they're using this as a basis to go full in on a Roman heel turn. But then you've got to remember Undertaker's promo that he had come back to SmackDown and he was going to punish anyone on SmackDown. Rums on Raw. What? Well, I do wonder... So, the scuttlebutt I heard about this was Taker, he didn't look in the best of shape in this match, I have mm. to say. I think he had some kind of surgery in the months going up. So, my guess is... He did the SmackDown stuff because they were maybe eyeing up like a AJ versus Undertaker match. So then Taker had to go have his surgery and like, okay, he's not ready for a one-on-one match. And let's move AJ and Cena forward. Let's put Taker in the Rumble because we need Taker for the big yeah. Texas Rumble show. You know, get fill the stadium out. Mm. And yeah, shuffle things around like that. Interesting. So we're down to our final four. Chris Jericho, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, and Bray Wyatt. So at this point, I was 100% on the Bray Wyatt train. Jericho hangs on when Roman throws him out, only to be Superman punched off the apron. So Jericho's gone. The Wyatts then try to beat down Roman, a la what you said with Legacy in 2009. Yeah. But he escapes the Sister Abigail and the RKO. Superman punches both. Eliminates Bray. At which point I go, fuck you, Roman! <laughs> fuck you! He goes to spear Randy Orton, but RKO out of nowhere! Randy shit cans Roman and wins his second Royal Rumble match after 62 minutes and 6 seconds. I love Randy Orton. Because he's stopped Reigns, or do you love Randy Orton for being Randy Orton? I love Randy Orton for being Randy Orton. Yeah. I fell in love with Randy Orton when he joined Evolution. And I thought the stuff that him and Mick Foley did was incredible. Oh, yeah. Oh, amazing. And ever since then, I've been on the Orton train. Overall thoughts on the Royal Rumble match? As a whole, I quite enjoyed it. There was a few really nice spots. There was a few wincy moments. Callisto nearly breaking his neck. Kofi, nearly breaking his ribs. <laughs> there were some things in there that was just a bit... Roman eliminating Taker, 
I get where they're going with it, but Roman coming out at 30 again. Mm. Having Orton win it, fine. That's totally acceptable for me. I have nothing wrong with Orton winning it at all. And the direction that we can see them going, I'm totally happy with. Overall, I'd, I'd probably give it 3 out of 5. I gave it 6 out of 10. So. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> on the first viewing, I thought it was a fairly mediocre one, but it improved on the second viewing. There's a lot of stuff that I found really, really fun in this. like The stretch with Braun, the New Day teaming up together, the story of the Wyatt family and Harper breaking out on his own, the interactions between The Undertaker and Goldberg. Yeah, Roman's entry is very much a head-scratcher. When you put it against the kind of surprises that we've had in past years and you thought maybe, you know, we might get something more in line with that. It's a bit of a disappointment, really. Mm. In general, the match was kind of lacking in surprise entrance. Lots of people either on the roster already or had been announced ahead of time. And there were a great few moments where, you know, the ring had really filled up and everyone was waiting for part-timers to clear them out and stuff. Yeah, Roman's interactions with Taker were interesting, but other than that, I really wish they'd have given more of a regular roster the rub with the part-timers, because yeah. Sammy and Miz and everyone just got steamrolled by Brock and Bill and Taker yeah. whenever. You know, they weren't pairing off with other part-timers or Roman. My other big quibble, no Seth Rollins whatsoever. You have this really, really red-hot NXT invasion thing that gets him more over in you know his quest to go after Triple H than he's probably ever been. And you're saving it up for Raw the next night to address it. That didn't sit well with me. In terms of the standout performers in the match, the top five Iron Men. Number five, Dean Ambrose lasted 26 minutes, 55 seconds. Number four, Baron Corbin, 32 minutes, 39. At three is The Miz, lasting 32 minutes, 44 seconds. Lasting second longest is Sami Zayn, at 46 minutes, 55 seconds. And the Iron Man of this Royal Rumble is Chris Jericho, lasted one hour and 13 seconds. 61 minutes, man. <laughs> In terms of eliminations, Cesaro and Sheamus were joint six. They eliminated all New Day together, so it's three... Joint eliminations. Yeah. In joint third place, Brock, Goldberg and Roman got three individual eliminations. Second was The Undertaker with four. And at number one, Braun eliminated seven people. Wow. An incredible stretch. Thoughts on the show overall? Who's your favourite match? Who's your standout performer? Favourite match was definitely Cena, AJ Styles. Surely to God, nobody chose a match higher than Cena and AJ Styles. Standout performer, AJ Styles. What a wrestler he is. Incredible. Normally the Rumble match takes it for me as the match of the Rumble, but with the Rumble being mediocre, the highlight for me was Cena, AJ Styles. My favourite match as well, no doubt about it. Just a tremendous effort. Sets a really, really high bar for for WWE this year probably surpasses the previous work as well it's so so good stand up performer you went AJ so I'm going to go with Cena yep. another great performance from him 
the match lived up to him equaling the title record. For the show overall, yeah, pretty similar in quality to last year. The undercards just there's not a bad match there. Yeah, just a bit weaker in the sense that the Royal Rumble match itself wasn't quite as entertaining. There was some stuff in there that let down the side a little bit. But yeah, I had great fun watching this show. And again, it's another great start to the year. We touched on that at the end of the year, didn't we? That Rumble, Fastlane and Mania is always where it gets exciting. Yeah. And then it just dips. Hopefully they can keep that momentum. Speaking of excitement, do you want to talk a little bit about what we're immediately happened in the aftermath. Samoa Joe! Nice to see Samoa Joe come out. Nice to see that he's aligned with Triple H. I like the story that they have in that he's now renamed himself on Twitter as The Destroyer and Triple H has come out on Twitter also by saying that he's brought his selection from NXT. A little bit of a dig to Seth, that Seth was Triple H's selection, but now it's obviously Joe, which is a nice little story-driven thing. And yeah, he beat the hell out of Seth Rollins. Kind of injured him as well, but we'll, I'm going to ignore that. But yeah, the ending of Raw was really nice to see, because I did not expect Joe to come out. I thought they'd no. missed it at the Rumble, they've missed it tonight, I thought, I'm going to see Rollins and Triple H get it on here. And then Samuel George just came out of nowhere. Mm. Really good stuff. It seemed to me like it felt like a breath of fresh air. I do question, though, why couldn't you just have Rollins force himself into the Royal Rumble match and have Joe do that beatdown to get him out of the match at the Rumble? Yeah. Mm. Might have had the same impact. And then maybe Rollins wouldn't have hurt his knee again. Yeah. Looking at the beatdown, I kind of got a little bit worried at the way Seth was bumping for him in the barricades and stuff. Yeah. But then the final takedown in the Kikita clutch, like, oh, yeah, something's not right there. And word is currently, he's be out for eight weeks. He'll be just about ready for a match at Mania. Yeah, the word so, is it's still on. Yeah, hopefully things can keep moving ahead as they've planned. Yeah. They have said, though, that there is a mystery opponent planned if Seth doesn't make it because Triple H still wants to fight with it being in Florida and it's the home of NXT so who that opponent is we may never know fingers crossed if Seth's okay mm. we'll have to see what the future holds yeah. yeah so that'll wrap it up for this episode then remember you can follow us on Twitter for all of our latest comings and goings it's the easiest place to keep track of us at TNW Podcast we're also on Facebook if you give us a like there the easiest place to go and listen to all of our past episodes is to head to our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com forward slash podcast. You'll find a playlist of all of our past episodes, as well as my guest appearances on the Raw's Nitro podcast. We're also on Stitcher Radio and iTunes as well, so if you like the show, we really welcome any five-star reviews or any sort of support for the show in terms of subscribe, subscribers and stuff. And look out for ayatollahrockandroller.blogspot.com where we'll have special edition blog versions of the episodes with production notes and things like that and extra reviews. Next time! So what I thought we could do is we roll Fastlane in Elimination Chamber into one. Yeah. So, it's a goodbye from Kyle. 
goodbye thanks for listening and it's a goodbye from me i'll catch you down the road